that is the sound of a plane landing, like the one that landed in Knoxville, Tennessee, with me on it just about 15 years ago. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 43 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know we can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories and I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, happy Thursday. I love creating this podcast for you, and I truly do appreciate that you are listening. Today's topic, you guys, you'll never guess this, is story. (laughs) But not just story. Today's topic is S-T-O-R-Y, which hopefully you'll understand when we get to the end of today's episode. So on a lovely evening in June 2004, at about 8.30 p.m., I flew into Knoxville, Tennessee, because the next morning at 8 a.m., I needed to be on set for a taping of the Sandy Genovese show. I think it had a different name, but I can't remember, and Sandy was the host. I was invited to talk about scrapbooking because I was the editor of a magazine all about scrapbooking and scrapbooking was in its prime. But that's jumping ahead a little bit. When I landed, a thought flashed across my mind. Huh, I thought to myself, this looks familiar. I feel like I've been here before, but I had never been to Knoxville. So I proceeded to baggage claim and to the rental car counter and then out into a dimly lit parking garage to find my car. I remember getting inside and thinking to myself that I might not have said a very good prayer that morning. So I adjusted my seat, put the key in the ignition, started the car, and then bowed my head. And I prayed. I told Heavenly Father I was very grateful that I had gotten everything done that day and that I had arrived safely in Knoxville. I prayed specifically that he would guide me in getting to the hotel safely. After all, it was now after 9 p.m. It was dark and it had started raining. So even though I had printed out my map quest directions, I didn't know exactly where to go. I also prayed for a good night's sleep and lots of energy the next day because I was tired. I backed out of my parking spot, made my way to the garage exit and then onto the street and I was looking for I-40 going east. I passed the street that would take me to I-40 going west but I didn't see an I-40 east. Hmm. So I drove around the airport circle again And this time, I was paying closer attention. But still, no sign for I-40 East. 
That's weird, I thought, but I decided to pull off on the side of the road and just make sure I was reading the directions correctly. And just as I pulled on the parking brake and was reaching for the car's reading light, my car lurched forward with a horrible crunching sound. I instinctively braced myself and immediately realized that I had been hit by another car. A man quickly appeared at my window, so I rolled it down a little bit. Remember, it's raining. He was super apologetic. He said he was looking down at his map and didn't see me pulled off to the side of the road. He said, don't worry, stay right here. I will call the airport police. Wow, was my first thought. And I kind of had this conversation with myself and with God. Heavenly Father, I just prayed that everything would go well. What's up? <laughs> right? We sat there, both of us, the man in his car and I in mine, and, you know, clock ticking, waiting for the police to arrive. It was at least 15 minutes. It felt like a lot longer. But finally, an officer did show up, and he pulled over and parked behind the man's car. And, um, and he got out, and the the two of them were talking at first, and, and then he came to my window, and uh, he told me not to worry. He said all would be well. You know, it clearly wasn't my fault that he would write up a report, and then that I could go on and get a replacement car and be on my way. It was while the officer was working on the report that I wondered if I should ask him about my map confusion. Uh, it was still raining, um, but I decided to get out of my car and go back and talk to him. This time he rolled down the window. I handed him my map quest directions and I said, Officer, I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm wondering if you could help me. The reason I was pulled over is because I'm having a hard time finding the direction I need to go. The officer took my instructions, he was very friendly, and he looked them over. And then he looked up at me and he looked back at the directions and back at me. He said, these are directions for Knoxville. And I said, yes. And he said, is that where you think you are? And I said, yes. Well, unfortunately, he said, you are in Nashville. <laughs> this is such a fun story to tell, but I'm going to make you wait for the end because this is where I'm going to introduce my acronym STORY. You guys, STORY is so awesome and I wanted to really talk about why and why we should be using and creating and recording and refining and sharing stories more often. So the S in STORY stands for SIMPLE. Stories are really so simple. They have a beginning and a middle and an end. That's it. That's all that's required. You can tell so many different kinds of stories, happy stories, sad stories, exciting stories, stories with a little bit of suspense. It is true that when something goes a little upside down in the middle of a story, then that story becomes more interesting. So that's something to think about as you document stories. Certainly we remember the stories where there is just a little bit of something I learned from professional storyteller Donald Davis. 
upside downness. When when things don't go quite the way that you expect or anticipate they should go. That's a point of upside down. It's exactly where we are in my Knoxville story. So S is for simple and T is for teach. Stories are powerful teachers. Good teachers know this. I think as parents, we forget this. We could be using stories far more often. When you want to teach your kids a life lesson or emphasize a value, something you want to transfer to them, you can absolutely extol the virtues of whatever that is. You can explain the logic and the consequences, good and bad, of either adhering or rejecting this value, but nothing, and I mean nothing, will be more effective and powerful than you simply sharing a story from your own life when you learned a lesson or recognized an importance of a particular value. Nothing is more effective than personal stories. And guess what? You don't even have to follow up with an explanation. You don't. Children are smart, especially as they become teenagers. They will draw exactly from your story what they need and what is appropriate for their age. Parents who share real-life experiences from a place of honesty and vulnerability, yeah, nothing beats that. When Jesus Christ wanted to teach something to his apostles or disciples and followers in the New Testament, how did he do it? He did it with story, something we call parables. So the best church sermons and TED Talks and marketing campaigns are all built around story. Okay, the O in story is for original Stories are 100% authentic. Even if two people have experienced the very same event, their stories will be original and one of a kind. We all have our own unique perspective. At the 9-11 Tribute Museum in New York City, there is actually a storytelling gallery where volunteer storytellers, regular people, share their perspective and experience on September 11th, multiple times a day. People of all ages can learn the facts surrounding the attacks on the U.S. World Trade Center. They can visit the museum. They can see the evidence and the result of this horrific event in history. But it is when they hear true stories from real people that both died and survived those events that 9-11 becomes an actual memory, something that they can relate to, remember, honor, and respect. Which leads us right to the letter R, which stands for remember and relate. Stories are easy to remember. That is how our brain organizes information. When personal stories are shared, almost without fail, our brains can place relational hooks into those details because there are bits and pieces of life experience 
that we can all relate to. Those relational hooks create shared experience and shared experience creates human connection and that's what we need and crave. And the source of it is story. The last letter in my acronym is Y and Y stands for yes. Yes, because people love stories and yes, because they want them and they will remember them and they will relate to them and retell them. And yes, your children want stories. We live in an age, thanks to technology, when most of us have tens of thousands of digital images on our smartphones and mobile devices and computers and archived for us in the cloud. And certainly if something happens to photos that aren't backed up or archived, it's it's a very sad thing. But we have a bountiful supply of photos. What we are still lacking is stories. And so more important than worrying about backing up or preserving and archiving images is pairing some of those images with stories so that they will have lasting value. That, of course, is my passion. (laughs) Hopefully that's a part of the reason that you listen to me each week because I so badly want to encourage people to recognize the value in their own personal stories, to help others in their family tell stories and to preserve the stories that have already been told or at least lived, kind of like I did last week for my ancestor Woodrow we can tell our own stories and we can help others tell stories and we can preserve the stories of those that can no longer tell them and and package them in a way that they become interesting and something that people especially younger people the next generation can relate to and remember and use and refer back to so you guys story simple in structure powerful in teaching and testifying original, easy to remember, relate to, and retell, and yes, 100% valuable and needed from you. So, do you want to hear how my story ends? Okay, let's review where we were. He said, these are directions for Knoxville. And I said, yes. And he said, is that where you think you are? And I said, yes. Well, Unfortunately, he said, you are in Nashville. I'm in Nashville? How did that happen? I asked. He looked at me. Not sure, ma'am. How can I help? Uh, I need to be in Knoxville by 8 a.m. How far away is Knoxville? Several hours, probably about three, he said. There are no more flights tonight, and you're not going to get out early enough in the morning either. So I guess you'd better drive. Drive? Okay, can you show me how to do that? Yeah, he said, it's easy. You just get on that interstate right there, he pointed to the on-ramp, and you drive three hours. Oh, sheesh, I thought. I thought I was tired then. I got back into my car, found my nearly dead cell phone, not a smartphone, of course, and called my hubby. I told him briefly of my predicament and that I would call him when I got to the hotel. I then called the hotel, asked them to leave a key in the box that I would be arriving later than planned. (laughs) 
In a few minutes, I was back at the rental car counter, got me a new car, and headed out, this time on I-40 headed east. It was still raining, and by now, it was after 11 p.m. I was on the interstate and settled in when I realized I was pretty hungry, but I thought hungry is good because hungry will keep me awake. And since I've got a three hour drive, I'll wait until I've been driving an hour and a half-ish before I stop. Then I'll be halfway and it will be like my reward. I can reward myself with a snack after I've driven halfway. Of course, I didn't think as I zoomed past a half a dozen truck stops that halfway between Nashville and Knoxville might not have much to offer. (laughs) After about 30 or 40 minutes of driving, I could tell I was beginning to climb. The rain was turning to sleet and visibility was not very good. Another few minutes and I realized it's just me out here and a bunch of 18-wheelers and many of them are starting to pull over to put on chains, I assumed. I grabbed my steering wheel a little tighter, leaned in granny style and focused my eyes on the few feet in front of me that I could make out. I knew I could not stop. The funny thing is that at precisely an hour and a half into this journey, I crested some kind of mountain pass and exited to find a small gas station with two police cars parked out front. Oh, I was so relieved. I parked and went inside. I smiled and nodded, purchased a Diet Dr. Pepper, a can of Pringles, and a bag of gummy bears. I got back in my car and drove off and then realized how odd that probably was for the cashier and the cops. Here's this strange bubbly lady, probably about 40. She waltzes into the gas station at 1 a.m., buys some snacks and leaves. (laughs) Like that's perfectly normal. The rest of the drive was unremarkable. I relaxed into it. I had perked up thanks to the caffeine, was singing to the radio and mentally prepping for my segments in what would be just a few hours. I do remember wondering how I had flown into the wrong city. You see, I had actually been in Nashville only three weeks prior. I was there for a scrapbooking event. In fact, I remembered calling my my assistant from that event and asking her to make another reservation to come back to Tennessee. I later learned that instead of specifying Knoxville, I had just assumed that she would know where I needed to be. What's even crazier is that I was so sure I was headed to Knoxville that I didn't notice Nashville on my reservation, on my boarding pass, or at the gate. I definitely did not hear the airline attendant welcome us to Nashville. And I didn't question that familiar feeling I had when I had gotten off the plane, that feeling that I had been there before. So yeah, the drive down, what I later learned was the Cumberland Plateau was much much easier than the ascent had been. Before long, I began seeing signs for Knoxville exits. 
I pulled into the hotel parking lot just before 3 a.m. and I was in bed and fast asleep by 3.15. My alarm went off at 7 and I felt remarkably good. Got to the studio on time and related my adventure to the production team. They laughed and then showed me where to set up my stuff and that was it. We filmed the segments and all was well and fine. I was done by noon. My phone was fully charged and I had stashed some of the food from the break room so that I would have food for the drive back. I stopped and filled up my gas tank and then hit the road on my way back to Nashville to catch my flight that evening. Didn't even occur to me that I should pick up a map. I mean, I knew where I was. I had driven it the night before in the middle of the night in rain and snow. I could certainly get myself back again. Well, after about an hour or so into my return, my phone rang. It was my husband. How's it going? He asked. Great, I said. I'm on my way back to Nashville already. He said, half joking, does it look familiar? No, I said. I was driving in the middle of the night, duh. Then I had this slight sinking feeling. I wasn't driving uphill at all. Just then, Jeff asked me how far I had to go. Uh, I don't know, I said, but there's a sign up ahead. As I approached the sign, I could tell that the letters didn't spell Nashville. There was that sinking feeling again. The word was too long. It looked like it started with a C. Uh Uh-oh, I thought. Jeff, the sign says Chattanooga. That's not good, is it? Gratefully, my friends, God does hear and answer our prayers. I had prayed that I would arrive safely to my destination. If I hadn't been hit by that other driver, I was about to make a decision which would have put me on the road headed in the exact opposite direction that I needed to go. I prayed that I would have a good night's sleep and plenty of energy for the next day, and I did. I was able to get up and go on camera after less than four hours of sleep. And now with plenty of energy and lots of help from my wonderful husband, I was taking the long way back to Nashville via Chattanooga. Apparently, I didn't know very well how to get back to where I had come from. My husband had called at precisely the right moment and he stayed on the phone with me and guided me through a maze of exits and saved me from an unanticipated visit to Georgia. (laughs) So let's just say that details are not my forte. And God knows how to turn upside down things right side up again. Now, when I travel, I listen much more carefully when I have boarded a plane and the attendant says, welcome to flight, blah, 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 with service to blah, 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 (laughs) just to make sure that where the plane is headed is actually where I had planned to go. And here's the interesting part. It's doubtful that any of you listening have flown into the wrong city. At least, I hope that is a -a one-of-a-kind experience. (laughs) But most of you have encountered unexpected or less-than-favorable outcomes when traveling. That is something we can all relate to and laugh about. And did you know, laughter is really not so much 
a signal that something is funny as it is evidence that someone listening to a story understands you. They know what you mean because they, on some level, can relate. So hopefully you've enjoyed a laugh today. You're welcome. (laughs) One thing is for sure, you will likely always remember the story of Stacy flying into the wrong city. And just in case someone wants to verify this information, I will post a map of Tennessee to the show notes at stacyjulian.com. So I'm guessing that you too have simple, everyday, funny, embarrassing, and very original stories that are worth sharing also. They will be remembered, and yes, they are valuable. I want to invite you to spend more time with your stories and your photos and your memories next year in my new online class called 20 in 20. Together, we are going to create a supportive community where we can do something with some of our photos and tell and preserve some of our stories. This is going to be an epic adventure and I want everyone to experience it who possibly can. You can learn much more and register at stacyjulian.com. Just look for the banner at the top that says check out my new class 20 in 20. Okay, I'm going to send you on your way with a speak pipe message from Rebecca. I am going to be brave and leave a speak pipe message. I have not been recording life like I would like to after having two more little ones in the last six years. And so I am feeling freshly inspired to document life stories again. And so this giveaway sounds wonderful. I am so thankful to be able to listen to your podcasts. They are full of your energy and inspiration. And I just love that the whole time I'm listening to your podcast, I have a smile on my face and that in itself is great therapy. Thank you for all that you do. And I have been following you since big picture classes and even before then, but I don't recall from where, possibly Simple Scrapbooks Magazine. Anyway, I'm so glad that you have this podcast and I'm glad that I can leave a little message for you. And I love following along in all of your journeys. Rebecca, thank you so much. I'm not sure after today's story if you actually want to follow along in all of my journeys. I often don't end up where I am intending to go, but I am going to send you a story starter kit to help tell some of your stories. And that is because Close to My Heart has sponsored me in this way. The Story by Stacy products are designed with people just like you, Rebecca, in mind. And 
everyone else listening that maybe feels like they aren't documenting life's stories quite like they want to. It's never too late. It all counts. And I'm totally here to help. I hope you have a fabulous week leading up to Thanksgiving. Get it all done. All of the preparations or the travel or whatever you have planned. Be present, you guys. Pay attention. Take lots of pictures, especially of the people you love. You might even consider using that smartphone and the voice recorder app to record an interview with someone you love. Even though it's Thanksgiving next Thursday, I will be here with another episode. So maybe you're stuffing the bird or maybe you head out on an early morning walk or maybe at some point in your holiday weekend or Black Friday celebrations, you can pause for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. 